praise the Lord. We're going to go now to the section of coming to America. How you decided, how you, like you said, you just mentioned in the last uh, segment that the Lord started moving upon that it's time to leave. So tell me about that, more about that, and how you finally decided to move on. All right, so now we are now talking about 1982, 83, you know, and, and I started to sense in my spirit. You know, and the Lord moving on me, telling me, basically, your work here is done, and that you need to move on uh, to the U.S. Now, all this time, I was working to support myself, even though I was in the ministry, but I didn't, I, I, I felt like I could walk and uh, and uh, instead of using the church funds, you know, for, for, for living, there are so many people who have needs, you know, that we needed to support them and many other things like that. Uh, and, you know, and, and uh, uh, financial obligations that we have to take care of, the place of fellowship, we have to pay for all that stuff. So I started to, um, <clears throat> to think, well, Lord, what do you want me to do? So, then, you know, he told me, you need to go move to the United States. So you saw it in a vision or you just had it in your heart? I, well, I had it in my heart first. I had several visions that confirmed it, you know. But the, 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 the first inkling was something that I felt in my heart. Now, let me ask one question on that, because I remember you were talking about 1982-83, mm-hmm. and I left in 1981, January 1st. When I was leaving, by the option of the Lord, a brother told me that the brother, you know, the way you are leaving, many people move, move, move right now. I said, well, the Lord told me to move. He didn't tell me that everybody be dragging along. I'm not dragging anybody along. Does that affect, perhaps, this brother has moved, that brother has moved, does that make you begin to have that feeling in your heart? Or no, 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 no. The same thing happened to me when I, I left the university in my, in my part two, end of part two. <clears throat> everybody, even to this day, thought that because I did that, so many other people followed me to do that. Even though I never talked to anybody, I never preached it as a sermon, it was just me following the leading of the Lord for me. Right? It never occurred to me that when the Lord leads one person to do something, other people should follow them to do it. It never, that was not part of my belief system or my thinking, right? Because I expect the Lord to lead each individual. You have the Holy Spirit. He has a plan for your life. You follow his plan for your life. So I don't recall at all ever thinking, even for a moment, that Brother Julius or this brother left for the United States, therefore I have to go. I never thought about that. Yeah, and when I was, when I was contemplating, that was 1980, the Lord already told me, and I was, like you said, contemplating. The Lord said to me, "Go ask Brazil and so you, you, and you will be surprised that he had been longing to go for a long time." Mm-hmm. So I went and asked that brother, and that machine in him, brother is in the battle, and I said, "What do you know? You only know one brother that left when we were still in college." And nobody else yes, 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 people yes. visit and come back, visit and come back. I'm not talking about visiting. Mm-hmm. I visited two times by that time before the Lord told me now it's time to move permanently there. But that moving permanently there is the point I'm talking about. And I was contemplating, well, you, 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 to move, you've got to 
do a lot of things. I had a car, by by car loan. I got to resign from this beautiful job and this. So that, those are the yes, considerations. So yeah. You go and ask brother so and so. You will be surprised that he has been. Like he has been, was trying to convince you. Yeah, he has been longing to go for yeah. a long time. So yeah. I went to a bar and said, "Bro, what do you think about? Uh, do you ever have any DSR to go to?" He said, "Bachelors, I've been trying to go." <laughs> so the Lord just confirmed that to me that yeah, and what I'm telling you to do. Yes, it's almost like the Lord saying, "Kings and prophets of yes. that they desire to see this thing." Yes, I'm and telling you, you are, to go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's why I said, "Okay." So I just in truth. I discovered when I got to the U.S., which I'm going to go back and tell the story, yeah. that it wasn't only me. Yeah, that that the Lord, because I, I saw that there was almost about around the same time, two other families came. Yeah, right? three of came three, out. Three about the same time. I never talked to these people. We never had a meeting. Let's go. No, no, no. I you was know? thinking that you guys decided to no, share the same airplane. Not, not at all. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> not at all. In fact, I remember vividly, friend of mine, friend of mine, we were friends, other than we were brothers. I know was my wife, Atifa, together, yeah. age mates. One of them came to me that I heard, you are planning to leave and go to the U.S. And he was essentially reprimanding me as a friend that, boy, God is blessing you now financially. Yeah. We are doing very well in the ministry. Why would you throw all that away and go to the U.S.? I remember that conversation. Yeah. And I didn't take offense because he was talking to me as a friend. Yeah. You know, out of his own concern and, and everything as a friend. All I could just tell him is that this is what the Lord is leading me to do. Um, so, and I also wasn't, you have to understand my situation at the time, because I was not a college graduate. Yeah. I was a... Uh, dropout. A college dropout. Yeah. So I was not quote unquote important in terms of the U.S. Embassy. Yeah. I, I was, you know, I was a college dropout, a minister, you know, now also a business person who does my own business. So my path to come to the U.S. was not, let's say, as straight as yours. Yeah. You are an engineer and all that. You know, you are a professional, so yeah. they will probably give you consideration. Yeah. So I had to. I said, well, so that's another thing. I'm wondering, how am I even going to get a visa? You know, given that I don't have a... Did you uh, visit before finally coming? I did visit okay. once or maybe even twice before okay. finally coming. And how did I, you get the visa for that Okay, well, I remember praying and fasting and, and, and getting the faith. This is the, the, the... I remember praying and fasting and I remember the wisdom the Lord gave to me when I want to visit the first time. And uh, the church that I was, a uh, ministry I was affiliated with was Neil Frisbee's ministry. Yeah. And uh, the wisdom that came to me was that Neil Frisbee often has, uh, what the, he has a name for it. Camp meeting or like a camp meeting that he does maybe once in six months and all that. And he will announce it, right? Yeah. And I was receiving his letters. Yeah. So the, the, the wisdom came to me is that you can use that as your vehicle to, 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 to attend the U.S. Yeah. So I prayed about it, and then the faith arose in me that God has answered you. I remember traveling to, so I went to the, I found out where the embassy was in Lagos. Didn't know anybody to talk to anybody. So I, I remember going to the embassy. I remember 
<laughs> wearing my best clothing. I remember very well that I had at the time. It was a yellow buban shukoto. I remember it very well. And I remember going to the embassy and lining up to tell them. And I submitted and I had wrote Neil Frisbee's office to send me an invitation yeah. with personalized uh, their, you know, yeah. uh, letterhead and everything to make it official, which they did. And so I went there, and I'm, and I'm a minister from Ibadan, a fellowship. And, I, and this person who was at the embassy, a U.S. citizen who was interviewing me, wanted to find a way to validate whether I was a minister or not. He asked me to quote several scriptures or something like that, which I answered her. And he said, okay, what do you do to support you? So I said, well, I'm just I'm a businessman, private businessman. And this is what I do. Do you have any evidence on that? I showed him, I happened to, I showed him my uh, bank statement, which has at that time probably some, I mean, he showed that I was definitely not somebody who was begging to eat. And she gave me the visa. And that's how I was able to come to the U.S. the first time, look around, look at the ground, trying to confirm what the Lord had told me and uh, I, I remember that one time, I may have visited again a second time, but it's sort of hazy in my mind now. But at this time, the Lord has now confirmed to me, this is the next move. And uh, I, you know, now I have to get a visa, not just for myself, a visa for myself, my wife, and we now have three children, actually two children and a baby to come at that time. So, but somehow... Well, the time I was getting the visa, yeah, maybe three, yeah, yeah three. three, okay, three, yes. So, so, but by the favor of the Lord, that's the only way I can describe it. They gave me the visa, as I said, because I have no. It's not like I am supported by some big corporation in when Nigeria. You when you're not going for your family, what is what did you use to ask for the visa? I, okay, what I did was I think the last time I visited the United States. I was already thinking about that. And I and I discovered that one way to do it was to come as a student. Okay. And and then they also I remember going to talk to some lady who I remember but I will not mention her name. And she explained all this to me. And she said, Oh yeah, you if when you come to you as a student, your spouse can come as a dependent yeah. and your children I said wow and, you know, I said wow this is great I didn't know that right so we decided I decided by praying that we are going to get my wife to come as a student and I will be her dependent and our children will be her dependent so while I was here, or maybe we've planned it from Nigeria, I, I, I uh, got her to apply. I was alone, but I was able to talk to her in Nigeria. I got her to apply to, to be a student at a place called Lamson Colleges, which was a business school, a business college where they teach you business management, things like that. So she actually got her, gave her admission, and uh, and... This school, the, the advisor that I spoke to in the school, this was in Mesa, to, you know, gave us the 
requisite documents, I forgot what they call these documents, I-20, whatever, and the dependent letter and everything. So we could, we could use that. If we can show we have finances to support that, yeah. we could use that to get the visa, which is what we used and they gave us the visa. Yeah. So we came, my wife was a student, I was her dependent, and our children were her dependents. And the school was really a year school, like it was an associate degree, yeah. either 18 months or two years, something like that, which after that we have to figure out what to do, and the Lord always helped us no matter what. But that's how we came to the U.S. Praise God. Praise Amen. God. Amen. And that was, uh, do, you, uh, what, uh, do you have any difficulties... That you already gave some testimonies that when you are trying to somebody try to say, Well, why are you trying to go now? That's a form of but that's no difficulty, no restraint, no resistance from brethren. Well, my biggest difficulty was to leave the brethren, right? You know, I had to have faith to trust that God would take care of them because I was the only pastor they had known, I was sort of a leader of this movement which we call the end time message all over the nation. Uh, and, uh, and so people did look up to me as a, as a leader and as somebody who can always give the, uh, the word on any issue that arose, right? So that was the role that I was in. So I was concerned, naturally, about the brethren and the people. That was my chief concern. But I, after prayed, I said to me, actually, it's not really you. It's the Holy Spirit that takes care of this. So, so live in the hands of the Lord. I remember the first year or two, 18 that I got here, churches would write me, asking me questions, what should we do here? And I refused to answer them for that reason. I said, the Holy Spirit is there to answer your question, right? You know, so that was my chief difficulty. Did I have difficulty from anybody else? No, except friends who didn't think yeah. it was wise for me to do that. Now, how did you all three families came at the same time, almost the same airplane? I do not know. Did you guys come on the same plane or you just made Oh, the, I don't three think... Um, I know that about the same time when all uh, the three families, your family, Ludigi's family, family, uh, family, family, about the same time you arrived, I don't know whether you came by the same airplane or they just met you by it. You know, I, I honestly, I don't recall uh, either the time we were coming or the time that I visited, I remember... I remember spending time with Brother Bassi when we got to Phoenix, but when we left Nigeria, I don't. It was I don't. It was not coordinated, as okay. far as I can remember. Yeah. Now, now you are in the U.S. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about the difficulties you guess up when you when your family you arrive. Do you have any financial something anything racial? Describe that oh, in, yes. in America. Oh, yes. Now, I mean, now in the United States, big problems arose, right? You know, and, and uh, I discovered, what I discovered is that my view of America was accurate but incomplete. Uh, and that is an important phrase that I've been using since then, you know. Because my view of America was based, I had done a lot of homework before I came. Because I remember living in Ibadan, I used to go to the USIS, United States Information Service, yeah. which at that time was in Cocoa House. Yeah. I used to go there maybe once every two or three months 
to read up on America. Library, yes. They have a library. I will read Time magazine. I will read U.S. report and something. Newsweek. Those are the main magazines. Just to familiarize myself with what the U.S. is. And I remember seeing all the brochures of the different colleges and universities. Mm -hmm. And I will read about them. To me, I just thought this, this is an amazing place from all the stuff that I read. Now, of course, I also am affiliated with Neil Frisbee's ministry, so I'm very familiar with his ministry, his teachings, and all that, uh, and which is actually why I chose to come to Phoenix, Arizona. And, um, and so when I got to the U.S., I discovered that every, the, the, basically those newspapers more or less were reporting the glory of America, not necessarily the reality of America. And that was the first surprise. I remember at the time, I think I had a car. You know, we used to call these cars jalopies at that time. It's something that can just move you from one place to another. I, I remember I had one of them. So and I'm a curious person, and, and I, you know, I used to drive around Phoenix just to understand how the city looks like. And one day I go to South Phoenix, and I saw people living in what looks to me like tents made out of uh, cardboard papers. And I couldn't believe this is the U.S. also. I never saw that in Newsweek or in Time magazine, that people live like that. There were many poor people, uh, many drug addicts, many, and there was a big divide between the have and have-nots, which up until now I didn't see. And there was also another thing that I discovered. There was a very strong consciousness of black versus white which I never experienced in my life as a Nigerian or as a Christian. You know, I, so I, I just thought in terms of you have the Holy Spirit, you are my brother, and that's it. But when I come to the U.S., I saw that almost everything is permeated by the racial divide. Mm. And, and I had to make sense out of all those and understand why. Why are they like this and all that? Now, so that you are just talking about the society, society and the culture. What about the fellowship where you go to? Because now you are because you are in the popular church, the Frisbee's Fellowship. Yes. And they are, that's a white people's church. Mm -hmm. How do you see that compared to the? What so, you just so, I, so the, as you rightly said, the church that I was going to was Capstone, which is you near know, Frisbee was the pastor and the preacher, and uh, and it was mainly populated by white people and yeah. we came with plenty of Nigerians yeah. now uh, there and I felt completely at home because I wasn't I did not see myself as this the American tend to see people in terms of their race that's my experience I didn't I don't see people me personally I tend to see people in terms of their relationship to God that you are a child of God, you are not. That's my primary way of seeing the world. And so I saw these people as children of God, and you as a fellow brother in Christ. That was my attitude and approach going to the church, and that's the way I related to everybody. Did they relate to me that way? It's, I don't know, but that was my, my, my outlook and the way I related to the church members, and uh, I didn't... I didn't send anything other than these people were my brothers and sisters, right? So, so uh, spiritually, I felt connected. And uh, I was focused on what does the Lord want to teach me? 
What does the Lord want me to understand? What does He want me to do? That was my focus, right? You know. Praise the Lord. Now, now that you are in the U.S. and you are going through your your wife going to college, and you are now. What did you do? Did you go to okay, college? Okay, so or? now, so I started. So now, uh, this was me. I, every I was a preacher, and I preach, you know, all the time. And and here I was in preaching, right? Because. Yeah. There was no, there was only Nefris we preached in the church, yeah. right? And uh, so I started to seek the Lord, okay, so what do you want me to do here? I remember now praying in Nigeria, Lord, what do you want me to, okay, so I'm going to go to the U.S., what should I be doing there? And the word that came to me, you just gave me a scripture. And the scripture was uh, Hebrews, what is Hebrews uh, 11, the same thing he spoke to Abraham. He said, I told him to leave his... Uh, People, he said, he said, and then and then by faith he went and followed. You know that scripture, right? Yep. That was the same scripture the Lord directed me to. In other words, which uh, we could read that, you know, Hebrews 11, somewhere, where Abraham, you know, not knowing what he should do, you know. That was the scripture the Lord gave to me. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance of it, and he went out not knowing whither he went. This is exactly the scripture the Lord gave to me when I was asking, what should I do? He said, this is the scripture for you. Just do what I tell you, like Abraham did not know him. See? I said, all right, all right. So I, by faith I left. Um, and I remembered, at this time the Lord was prospering the business I was doing. I remembered the Naira exchange rate of the dollar was extremely favorable to the Naira. So I remember actually when I came in here, I came with my own money, thousands of dollars of Naira. Yeah. And I thought, okay, this is probably enough to take care of us for a while. It gave me some measure of comfort, right? Yeah. You know, which of course, it didn't work out that way. But this is this is how the Lord helped me. Um, so now, what was the question you asked me? Uh, so what are you going to do? Yeah. All right. So after six, three months, six months, of my wife going to college, I started to, I just was home, really, and, uh, you know, pick her up, take care, you know, watch the children. I was like asking, look, this cannot be, you want me to just be like this, or what is it that you're asking me to do? So I started to ask the Lord. And and this is and this is one of the things that I had, this great experiences of my life. And the Holy Spirit said to me, pick up the newspaper. Which at that time, I think I must, I used to subscribe to Arizona Republic. It said, go to the jobs section. And I went there. And he said, what do you see? All this time I was, I was more or less reluctantly doing this because I'm like, what's all this? You know, but I know enough to obey the law, the prompting of the spirit. So I saw there, they were all asking for computer, everything, I mean, like, 75%, 75%, 50 to 75% of all the job openings has computer related to it. Computer, computer, I said, oh, well, I said, well, Lord, I see computer, I said, okay, that's where you should go and study. And so they saw, so I said, oh, I'm going to study something, <laughs> which I wasn't, I didn't, I was had no desire or interest to go back to school, it was not in my thinking. But well, that's what the Holy Spirit said to me. So I said, okay, all right, good, no problem. Uh, if, if, if I'm going to do it, that means you have a way of taking care of it, right? 
So this is probably, as I said, maybe six months. Uh, it may have been more than that. To nine months after my wife had been now in college. Uh, uh, so I went. Oh, oh, it was that first year anyway. Yeah. So so I dis so I went to ASU, Arizona State University. I asked about computer science. They told me they have this department in engineering school. Uh, they have computer information systems in uh, the business school. I said, well, what I had was computer science, so I went to the engineering school. And I asked them, what is the process of uh, admission and all that? And they told me. And uh, so I had applied to be a student there. Again, not knowing even how, more, how are you going to pay for anything, right? And, uh, and they required me to get my transcripts from University of Ife. And I called them, University of Ife, or wrote them. I contacted them one way or another. Within months, they've sent my transcript to ASU. ASU admitted me and gave me, from my transcripts as Ife, they eventually gave me up to two years of school off. So if I were to do the computer science bachelor's degree, I would only spend like 18 months to get the bachelor's degree, right? So that's how I got admitted to ASU and and, uh, and and pursue computer science. But before then, several other things happened, right? You know, when my wife, and this is one of them, which is worth sharing for the Lord, for people to understand how the Lord really guides you in your life, right? Two incidents I would like to share. One is before I got to ASU, Arizona State University. My wife was now completing her associate degree at Lamson Colleges. Part of the program was that Lamson Colleges required that you spend the following six months or renewable twice, so 12 months. Yeah to do what they call practical training, right? They attach you to a, a real business and put to practice everything they taught you. So, okay, we said we'll take advantage of that. This time I was becoming, I, I got from the Lord, he really wants us to stay here. It was not a visit, a 18-month type of thing. Oh, you mean when you left Nigeria, you are not thinking of no. staying? <laughs> no, I was not thinking of staying. I didn't know the future as such. Yeah. I just knew this was what the Lord wants us to do now. But I didn't really know the future. What is? What am I going to do? I mean, my heart was I was a minister and I should continue my ministry. This is my own personal reasoning, right? You know? And um, um, so, so we say, okay, we applied to this. Uh, and after the first six months, you are now supposed to leave the U.S. unless they renew your thing, which we renewed. And the next six months, before you know it, was almost finishing. Yeah. And now we're supposed to leave the U.S. and go back to Nigeria. But as I told you, I was convinced that we needed to stay here. So we were wondering, what should we do now? We may have even discussed with other Nigerians and all that. They, they all would have the different advices. The easiest thing somebody does is they go and get married, and then you can... But you already applied to the admission yet, but Yeah, but I, I, um, I had the admission, but I did not have a visa. Yeah, of course. Okay? Yeah. So the issue, I didn't have permission to stay in the U.S. Yeah. So that's the issue we are dealing with now. Yeah. The fact that you have an admission does not mean that you have a visa. So yeah. how do I get a visa? Yeah. 
So we prayed about the Lord. We, 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 so we said, go and talk to the immigration office. So we went to the immigration office, downtown Phoenix. Say, this is our situation. My wife is finishing her practical training. But we want to stay in the U.S. I have applied to ASU. I've gotten admission. What should we do? I was hoping she would say, oh, we can give you the visa here in this office. That's what I was hoping. But she said, oh, no, by law, you have to leave the U.S. I said, geez. I mean, if you leave the U.S., how do we come back? She said, well, then you can apply for visa wherever you leave the U.S. I said, where should we go for this? She said, well, I shouldn't be telling you this, but I'll tell you, you can go to Mexico or you can go to Canada. Those are the closest embassies yeah. or yeah. equivalent of embassy, yeah. you know. So he said, go there and present your case. That's your best bet. So we prayed about it, and, uh, and, uh, and we, we again became fully persuaded by faith that if we went to Mexico, which is the closest one, Tijuana, which is on the other side of San Diego, yeah. we will get the visa. So we went there. I remember talking to a classmate of mine at ESU who studied computer science together. God bless her. She, because she was the one who loaned us her car to use on that day. And we drove that car because, like I said, if I had a car, it was a jalopy, we cannot drive more than, you know, 50 miles or whatever. So now it's a long drive. So this lady from Venezuela, Nancy Asal is her name, the Lord bless her wherever she is. She, she gladly gave us her car to use. My wife and I went in there. We drove all the way to Tijuana. And I remember vividly, we lined up there. Of course, this is Mexico. We don't speak the language. And on the line, and we've brought all the documents we're supposed to bring, admission documents, evidence that we can support ourselves. Mm -hmm. You know, I, 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 somehow we got account statements that show we have some money there. Whatever. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and I remember vividly, everybody in front of us, like the, f next, the first five next words that we could hear, denied, denied, denied. And this will turn back in sorrow and move. So we got there. And so she asked her questions. I, said, well, I told her the same story I just told now. My wife is finishing and everything. We need to, I want to remain, you know, in the U.S. So I got an admission. We want to use the opportunity to get a, you know, and she said, asked a few questions. I remember she said, boy, you took a lot of chance to do this. Said, but I'm going to give the visa to you anyway. And she gave us the visa. And that was the favor of the Lord. Yeah. And I remember once what we got she, the visa. What do you think she meant by a lot of chance? Well, because you were risking. Because the possibility that they would not give you the visa was very high. And you are outside and you're, the U.S. And you're outside the U.S., so you'll be locked outside the U.S. Yes, that's what she meant. See, and that's what she meant by that. Yeah. And that you are, you know, and, and... And you still have your family, your children. Left our you. children with friend of mine, Brother Peter. Yeah. With, with, so Peter and Christy, we are going, this what we're going to go do, take care of the children all evening, we, by the grace of God, come out tomorrow. They had faith with us. They didn't yeah. say... What if they didn't give you the visa? See, that these are brethren who believe the Lord. Yeah. And that's, so there are children who are there. Because we didn't take them with us. So that's what she meant by that. Yeah. 
when she gave us this visa, come and see the relief in our face and the glue. I remember we knelt down in front of this embassy among all these Mexican people, lifted up our hands to give all the glory to Jesus. Because he really is the one who did it. We didn't have any wisdom, didn't have anything, but the Lord, but we have the greatest in which is the Lord. Amen. He gives you favor. He, he, if he's guiding you, he will always stand by you. Amen. And that's how we go visa. That's how I became a student at ASU for the next several years, right? Amen. You know, okay. amen. Now, well, now you are in ASU, and what that was 1980s. Mm -hmm. So fast forward, what? How does the Lord move further? In your life, as in my life, the, the, of course, the immediate question is how do you fund going to college yeah. in the United States? Which is, oh, you say you bought some money. How long did that last? That money <laughs> didn't last a year because <laughs> it's a it's a it's a little bit of a sad story because friends of mine who were, who lived here before, who I loved and respected because we were friends from ECU from University of Ife, who came before I came here told me that he was he knew he was an investor he knew how to help you to invest your money so I gave him all the money I had I think within a week he lost all the money but he was not bold enough to even tell the truth he was just hiding and everything but after a while I became concerned that he just lost his money because if I asked for part of it he didn't have money to give so I had to start trusting the Lord for many another way. So, and, uh, and, and and I got a job. I started business selling cars. Any way to make a living, right? It's how we lived at that time. And, uh, but when I got to ASU, it was, so finances is the next big area where the Lord helped. Yeah. Finances. Now, and we did everything we could to, 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 take care of our family, right? Um, I don't remember how we paid the school fees at ASU. Oh, now this time my wife got a job. I think she got a job. Did scholarship at ASU at all? Not the first year, no. Um, it wasn't until I became... When I be finished the bachelor, I became a graduate student, and I got a job as a... Assistant teaching assistant or research assistant, whatever they call it at that time. And that does, did give me money and scholarship, yeah. which financed basically my master's degree and so forth. But the first two years that I was studying the computer science, uh, it was, uh, at, maybe we, I think I must have gone to school. I don't well, remember you told paying me tuition. one time that you had to go to the uh, scholarship division. And the, that's the testimony yeah. I was going to tell now. Yeah. But, but getting money to even live, to pay rent, was always a struggle. Now, I, I got jobs as tutor, as a tutor, where they pay you something. And, and, uh, and then, but there was one time come, the rent. We were living, I remember, this Lemon Terry's apartment in Tempe, Arizona. And the rent was due. And I didn't know how to pay the rent. And I was so troubled in my heart. So I, I left the, the apartment, walked towards the ESU, just praying in tongues, talking to the Lord. And then at some point, I had the voice in my spirit tell me, go to the international student's office. This was a Saturday. And go talk to this lady who is an international affairs student person. She, I was told her name, you know. So I went, I, I remember saying, 
Well, it's a Saturday. You don't work on Saturdays. Said, just go there. So I went there, and she was there. And this lady was just about ready to pack up and leave. She said she just came briefly to do something. I said, well, here's my situation. I was asked to talk to you. I'm running out of funds. He said, but I thought you were a road scholar. I said, no, I'm not a road scholar. You know, he said, okay, here's what we're going to do. I know the person who is in charge of scholarships. She might be there in the, because I told her the direness of the situation. We can't even pay our rent. And so she needed, she knew she needed to act on it immediately. So go to the uh, um, uh, scholarship office and talk to this lady. So I, and she told me where her office was, so I went there. Was that the same Saturday or only waiting? The same day, all of this is happening the same day. So I walked there, this that same Saturday, and as I was entering the big front office of this woman, she was walking in. I said, are you this? I said, yes. I said, I was sent to you by this lady in terms of his, uh, you know, and this is why she sent me here. She said, oh, okay. I didn't understand that. Uh, we're talking to the Lord here, Mr. Ford. It says so to the world with the testimony of the Lord. So he said, she said, oh, some lady just donated is big amount of money, a certain amount of money as scholarship, and you fit the profile. Married, African, you know, black person, describe the characteristics of who qualifies for this. So she asked me, how much money do you need? This is a big lesson for me. I've used this to preach many times. So now it depends on how much I ask for. And I was afraid, actually remembering, thinking, I was afraid to ask for too much. But I'm thinking, boy, if I ask for too much, maybe they would deny me. I won't get anything. So I, I reasoned, I said, well, here's my situation. I don't know how to pay my rent. Between now and the summer until school starts, we don't have money to eat. Or clearly, we don't have money. For, you know. So I said, even if I can get money to pay for rent for this period and this for and she said, okay, all right, how about this amount? And I was like, wow, which I don't recall the exact amount, yeah. but it would take care of, of us for probably three months. I said, oh, that would be great, you know. But if I asked for more, I probably would have gotten it. It just depends on your faith, how much you yeah. believe for, right? And... She said I should come back on Monday and pick up the check. And I did. That's how we paid the rent that month. That's how we feed the children. That's how we were able, I remember we were able to have time. Oh, she added to it. She said, oh. And the lady, she called the lady who donated this money, said, give, her, give this family a certain amount for Thanksgiving. So we had a good Thanksgiving meal. And uh, the only thing I ask you is to write a letter of thank you when you are done which we did, and that's how the Lord took care of us that summer, right? Mm -hmm. and, uh, and then, of course, after that I graduated, I got a job as a, as a research assistant or, or teaching, whatever they call us, you know what that is, and, um, and, and which paid my tuition, uh, I should pay me some money, and that was enough really to take care of us until I graduated, right? Praise the Lord. Praise so the Lord took of care of us financially, the biggest thing to understand, it was all step by step. We didn't have any big, massive plan. Just step by step. 
the Lord showed up every day. Brother, you're there at the time. Just follow you to the Lord. Yeah, you know, just step by step, you know. Well, that is that is amazing. Now you have you finished college, and you are still with a international student. You have now you are still a student, so to speak. Yes. Graduated, and you are going. How do you go from there? Become a permanent resident in America. All right, so good. So now I, I now graduated from ESU, completed my research program to get a master's degree in computer science. So you went from bachelor's straight to master's? Yes, okay. but, and, I, and I remember praying about that again. The Lord said you should go and do master's because that gives you an edge. Yeah. That was sort of the phrase, you know, yeah. because you know, it's like how many, how many Americans do you see that even have, that have master's in computer science? Very, very few. Almost, of, almost all of us who were pursuing masters were foreign students. Africans, a lot of Chinese primarily, some Indians, and, uh, and maybe a splinter of Americans. Right? So it gives you an edge uh, when you want to get a job, which is exactly what happened. So when, uh, when I was working at this computer science lab, as I said, I was a research assistant, and... Uh, and my advisor was, you know, is this lady, Doctor uh, Much, and everything. And and I was, and and there were two of them who ran that lab, two professors at ESU. Mm. And so there is about four of us who were research assistants in the lab. I was working on robotics at that time, and uh, so we were all graduating at the same time. And so everybody was looking for a job. I did not know how to get a job. So we had all these big companies come to ASU to recruit graduates. IBM, um, you know, Honeywell. aerospace engineering companies, Honeywell, all of them. So I went, just like my colleagues, and as soon as they knew that I was not, they would ask the question, are you a U.S. citizen yeah. or a resident? No, I said, as soon as I, they knew I was not an inter, a resident or a citizen, yeah. Sorry, we cannot interview you. Yeah. I experienced that like three times. Then I got the message. I'm, I'm a different status from these guys now. I didn't think about it until then. So it became an issue. How do you even get a job now? So I was in the lab doing my work. One, I will say, I believe it is Sunday evening or Saturday. I, one of my colleagues came there to do his job. And he was giddy and happy and everything. I said, so he asked me, well, where are you going to work? I said, you know, I don't have a job. I told him the story I just told down. And he said, boy, I said, how about you? He said, oh, he already has three or five jobs lined up. You just have to pick which one he likes. So, but then he said to me, he said, so he thought about it. He said, well, he said, but he just went to have an interview with Honeywell. And that Honeywell has so many jobs open and they are willing to hire international students and help them to get visa. I said, really? He said, yeah. He said, let me give you the name of the human resources person. Call him first thing Monday morning. So he gave me the name and sure enough, Monday morning I called this guy and he said, yeah, we got no problem. We'll help you to file for permanent residency if we like you. So, and that same day, he set up interviews for me with three different departments. And the interview was that week. I went there. They liked me. They offered me a job. 
and the human resources told me the process of of how they're going to hire me to get uh, what they call green card at that yeah. time. I don't know what they call it now. Okay, green card. And they have to put in newspaper advertisement. Basically, the basic idea is to prove you that you have special qualifications that no other America or very few other Americans Oof. qualify yeah. for. So that allows you them to hire you by law. Yeah. And they went through that process. They, they not only gave me a job, Honeywell was the company who got me a green card and made me a permanent resident in the United States. That's Honeywell Bull. That's Honeywell Bull. Yeah. Yes, Honeywell Bull Information Systems. Yeah, that was where you, you made me the best. Yes, yeah. yes. Honeywell now, Bull Information is, Systems. Did they, did they get you an attorney or did they did it by themselves? They did it by themselves. Evidently, they know how to do it. Uh, you have to put, and I recall vividly, you have to put an advertisement in the newspaper advertising yeah. the job, yeah. and they have to be able to show that not too many American citizens were able to qualify for that job. Yeah. So I remember they wrote, I remember them, they wrote the advertisement which I was qualified for by virtue of the fact that I had a, a master's in computer science and I've studied all these things. And, I, you know, it was evident that unless you have an advanced degree in computer science, you cannot apply for that job. Yeah. And I, I basically, they didn't get any other application other than me. Yeah. And uh, so we met the requirement and the rest was smooth sailing from there. So they may have internal attorneys, I don't know. But oh, yeah, they I only do. dealt with this uh, human resources person. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Praise God, praise God.